0: And now, here's your host, Sean Ross.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whatever hour you're tuning in to listen to the Our Missouri podcast. My name is Sean Ross, and we, guys, we explore the memories, moments, and misfortunes from Our Missouri. Welcome back to our season six series called On the Bookshelf, where we look at newly published books on Missouri history. Today, we remember our SHS colleague, John Bradbury, who passed away in June 2023. From 1980 to 2015, Bradbury served as an archivist and associate director of the Western Historical Manuscript Collection and State Historical Society Missouri Research Center in Rawa. After his retirement, John served as the Center for Missouri Studies senior fellow. John previously joined us on the podcast in episode 24 to discuss his edited volume of William Monks' memoir, entitled A History of Southern Missouri and Northern Arkansas, Being an Account of the Early Settlements, the Civil War, the Ku Klux, and Times of Peace. At the time of his passing, John was completing a new book entitled My Own Commander, Civil War Journal of J.J. J. Sitton, 1863-1865, which recounts the experiences of a young Confederate soldier from Washington County, Missouri, who fought in Mississippi before returning home to recruit men and ride with Sterling Price on a last-ditch effort to capture Missouri for the Confederacy. To remember John and discuss his book, we are joined by two guests today. We'll begin with Kathleen Seal, who shares her memories of working with John at the Raleigh Research
2: Center. So I met John actually at my first job interview for State Historical Society. And I think probably that instance right there really um, captures who John is. You know, I'm super nervous doing this interview, trying to answer questions. And suddenly John starts talking Civil War with me. So that's actually my background in my master's thesis on civil war in Southwest Missouri. So he just starts asking questions about that. You know, have you read this book or that one? So we're just talking back and forth and, you know, actually kind of helps with my nerves at that point. But I'm also thinking this is the strangest interview I've ever had at this point, but it was, it was really great. And, you know, that kind of continued throughout that of John just being this really interested and engaged researcher. Um, He didn't care what your background was regarding your research. You could be, you know, a professor at this Ivy League college, or you could just be a local who's interested in your own area's history. He's going to sit down and talk to you um, about what you're looking for and what you're interested in. So I started out in Springfield, and then actually when John kind of fully retired. So he tried to retire in in 2016 when I came on, but kind of fully retired in 2017. When I came up to Rolla and took over the office here, and again, he was just so generous with his time and with his knowledge. Anytime I had a question about the office, anytime, you know, for years, uh, even up to um, his passing this past summer, I would get phone calls of someone saying they had talked to a gentleman in the office, you know, seven, eight, ten years ago about such and such topic. And John would remember them, He, you know, maybe not everything about all those conversations, but the fact that he made such an impact for so many people just trying to help them with whatever research they were looking into. He had his areas, certainly, that he focused on, but, you know, he wouldn't shy away from trying to help somebody else find, you know, that, that one more record to help kind of crack open whatever um, research that they were doing. So that's kind of what I remember most about John is just being very, very generous. Um, He was always very supportive of me, uh, maybe more so than, you know, I thought maybe I was capable of, especially coming into this position. So new, it was only my, my second year before I came up here to Rolla, but he's like, no, you've got this, you know, fully supportive. And you know, pushed me, you know, to take on other projects and stuff that maybe I was more hesitant about, but was certainly um, very glad that I did so. Some of that's probably related to the Route 66, all all the things we're doing in regards to that with a centennial coming up, you know, John was a huge Route 66 researcher, has written many articles about it, has quite a bit of its uh, materials in his collections, and, you know, I knew Route 66 but certainly that wasn't part of my area of study but he was willing to share his knowledge what information he had and you know just kind of pushing me to invest more time into things like that that maybe I I wouldn't have thought of necessarily so yeah Um, and it's been interesting I'm working on processing right now he donated his his family donated his postcard collection but then also his research papers to the office so I'm working on processing those right now. So it's, it's kind of, it's it's been several months and probably be throughout the rest of this year of, I get to kind of hang out with John uh, a little bit more going through some of his, his research and, you know, seeing some of the humorous emails he's written back and forth to colleagues. Cause that was another big part of him was very funny guy, always enjoyed a good laugh. So many, many times spent with him and as he called them the old geezers, so any of the um people that he had met ac- over the years, you know, many of whom he worked with on different projects, you know he was always willing to to share you know and and try to include me with with some of those. so a lot of knowledge base there, a lot of great people that I got introduced to because of John and the relationships he had built over the years with these people, so yeah, those are some of my. Most lasting memories, I think I've, I've got of John. Certainly the most impactful for my life of having met him and everything that he got me involved with.
1: Our second guest is John Brenner, who is Managing Editor of the Missouri Historical Review at the State Historical Society of Missouri and served in an editorial role on My Own Commander. Welcome to Our Missouri, John.
3: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on.
1: Now, let's get a little bit into this overall book project. Where does it begin? What are the What's the origin story for John Bradbury's book here?
3: Well, I, it goes back quite a few years. I actually approached John about another Civil War book project. And, and in the end, we um, decided to go a different direction. So I, he came to me w- w- with the idea for J.J. Sitton Journal becoming a book. And that, well, first of all, let me just explain that J.J. Uh, Sitton was a civil war soldier in southern missouri he was a confederate kind of unusually he kept almost a daily journal of his experience uh, during the war and and continued it long after the war too although our book just focuses on part of the civil war period and you know so really it's 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 an unusually thorough and and large personal record from someone involved in in wartime activities in, in southern Missouri. Um, so that's kind of what makes the journal stand out. John acquired it himself. You know, he was a prolific archivist and the head of our center down in, in Rolla for many years. And so he, he acquired this journal about, if I remember right, about 15 years ago now, and thought it was one of the best things he'd ever seen on on the civil war and of course the you know, civil war was one of his big interests so he was really excited to to do a publishing project with it and, and and as I learned more about it I said sure let's let's do this
1: now in an editorial role you're you're obviously connected with the Missouri historical review but in working with this book take us a little bit through the process of being an editor and working with someone who you worked with on a regular basis for the society
3: well, I mean, you, you know, John was a unique individual, and I think as a scholar, what kind of stood out to me about him is, um, you know, he he started at the Center in Raleigh in 1980, I believe. So he'd been at this a long time, and he was, you know, an archivist as well as a, a historian, and I and I think that that the one really shaped the other in both directions, but. Um, you know, t- to me, what what's, what stands out about working with him as a scholar is just his his background as an archivist, and you you really see that in in the the sources for the the Sitten book. Um, just just how thoroughly he knew the grounds down in southern Missouri. Of course, he he built a lot of the archival collections that we have, um, but but he he just he just knew what the records were knew what all the kind of smaller local publications are as well Um, you know a lot of publications that are smaller publishers don't get the kind of circulation the bigger publisher would get but very good work and hard to um, keep track of or 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 read all of it just you know you know just just the effort to come across it all and keep abreast with it and you know no, no one did that better than john i think and um, so, I mean, that—that's kind of the first thing about working with him that, that that stood out is is just how well he he knew the ground, and that really shaped who he was for us to work with as as editors.
1: What are the some of the key themes that emerge um, in the diary, and of course, in, in the overall book? What 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 might pique reader readers' interest in going through?
3: Well, I think what stands out about the book is. Just how on the ground it is, you know that you're hearing, you're reading on a on a day to day basis what this man, you know, he, he was not a not a you know major figure, but just what his, his experiences were from day to day and what was happening in in these you know the, the countryside and these these local communities in in uh, both southern Missouri and uh, northern Arkansas, sitting. To give his background, he, he, he was very young when the war started. He was, he was not even 20 yet, and he, he quickly joined the, the Missouri Guard, which was a pro-Southern force, and fought at Wilson's Creek and places like that, like a lot of other Missourians. At the end of 1861, he, he, he mustered out of the Guard and, and joined the regular Confederate Army, And followed Sterling Price across the Mississippi and ended up in fighting in in the state of Mississippi and places like that. Where his story becomes a little more unusual, Sitton was in, at the end of 1862, Sitton was sent back to Missouri to uh, basically recruit more men for the South. And when, when he got here, he kind of, he, he discovered that he really, there, there wasn't any local supervision for what he was doing. He was pretty much on his own. So he kind of had to make it up as he, as he went along. So the book talks about, it re, it's, it's, it's pretty close mouth about his actual recruiting, because I think after the war. As he was continuing to work on this journal, he was worried about getting people into trouble for their involvement. And, you know, in a time when the radical, the Republican radicals were were in control. So you don't hear a whole lot of detail about the actual recruiting, but what you, he does write about is the family he stayed with in, in, the, in the north part of Arkansas, where he just kind of established his home base on this guy's grain mill and the social activities that took place during the war i mean there were there were a lot of available women widows quite a few of them and he was a a young man and so he was you know courting lots of different women He, he talks about the dangers you know and there were real dangers union patrols went through looking for people like him he had kind of this uneasy relationship with with Uh, southern guerrilla groups Uh, there was one quite nearby where his base was and he was always kind of trying to hold them off at at arm's length and and um, you know stick more to his orientation as a regular confederate army person so the the theme i mean there's not a theme to the book it's but but what it offers is just these very close observations about about that part of, of the state and um a a lot of the people who've contacted me interested in the book and wanting to know you know should i should i buy this is there what's in it for me um they're they're interested in their family history or the history of their particular town and and you get quite a bit of that from from this book that there are you know all kinds of people mentioned from you know briefly to more extensively, and then just the, the descriptions of these places and, and what was happening there from 1863 till um, till Sitton joined with Price's Raid in late 1864 and, and, and left this part of the
1: state. Now, over the course of this book, you, you obviously had many conversations with John about his thoughts on it, his interpretations. Uh, what did he talk about in terms of what he wanted readers to take away from it? And, and what do you hope that readers take away from the book?
3: Really broadly, what I think he you know, and I wanted, I wanted what he wanted. I mean, I think he wanted people to come away with just just a better understanding of Missouri in the Civil War. You know, what kind of a place this was, who the people were, how, how they thought, um, those, those kinds of things. And you know, everybody's gonna get a little something different from the book, I think. But um, from my own standpoint, Missouri in the Civil War, it, it it always kind of puzzles me we were such a divided place and you know down to the level of you know and Sitton's family itself is a good example or within the same family some people would side with the north and others with the south and I always have puzzled you know how how could that have been and then what what exactly led people to make the choices they made. Sitton kind of represents a particular viewpoint, but an interesting one for Missouri, because I kind of go back to the 1860 presidential election in Missouri, which Missouri was peculiar because it um, it was it was the only state that gave all of its electoral votes to Stephen Douglas in the whole country, the only state, you know, the four candidates, Abraham Lincoln finished fourth here, he was sort of the unequivocally northern candidate. Uh, the unequivocally southern candidate finished third, and a pretty distant third. And then, and then the two people who were neck and neck were were the kind of middle position people, which were Stephen Douglas with the Democrats, and then John Bell with the Constitutional Union Party. And it's interesting. I you know, Sidon had one uncle who was a Unionist. He had another uncle who was a Southerner, but was was a Douglas man. He said his own father was. Um, a Breckenridge man who was the southern democrat and in 1860 Sitton himself wasn't old enough to vote but he said he would have voted for for Bell the, <laughs> the constitutional union guy so you know here in within this one family are all these different positions and you know yeah so, so Sitton, it was really a little he divided in his sympathies he he want he he liked the union but in the end he decided that you know his his art and his sympathies were with the South. From the book, you get a little bit of a sense of his thinking process and, and how he decided to become a Confederate. And to me, that's that helps with an understanding of of you know why the dilemmas involved and and how people ended up making the decisions they that, that they did make.
1: One question that just came to my mind, uh, John: the cover uh, for the book. Where does that? artists, where does that imagery come from? Is that from the Historical Society collections? Or is that from somewhere else?
3: No, that's actually from the Wilson's Creek battlefield down in Springfield. They they have that there. And it's it's a contemporary artist who, who painted a, you know, a scene of the battle. Um, and of course, you know, sitting was was in that battle. So that's, that's how it ended up being our cover.
1: That's that's good information. I'm always uh, interested in where covers originate and where those images come from. So I, I appreciate that very much. And I appreciate you joining us today as well. Well, you're quite welcome. Thank you for, for asking me to come on.
0: Thank you for listening to the R Missouri podcast. If you would like to learn more about the podcast, including past and future episodes, information about guests and upcoming events, please visit our website at SHSMO.org forward slash our dash Missouri.